Welcome to the Sacktown Royalty Show. I am your host, Bradley. Oh, I didn't think of a nickname today. Um, White Chocolate Geyser. Uh. <laughs> and I am joined today by a returning guest to the show, TJ Macias. And we're going to have some positivity. You know, it's been a tough few games of the season so far. Full disclosure, this is coming out after the Hornets game, but it's being recorded in the moments leading up to the Hornets game, actually. So this is the Kings are 0 and 4 as of this. So if after the Kings win by 50 tonight and Rashawn Holmes has 40 and 20 off the bench, just don't don't ask why I didn't mention it because I just mentioned it now. But without further ado, let me introduce the guest. I already did, but officially and let her talk. How's it going, TJ? Yeah, I've already vomited my mouth like six times during that entire intro. So hi. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's anything to add to that or not. How's the season going? How how are your Mavs? Oh, okay. First of all, we have to talk about you calling them my Mavs. Even Mavs fans would crucify you for that. Let's just, let's just get that word out of your vocabulary. And they're doing amazing, actually. They've only lost a game. Anything else? They- oh. Bright spot, Luca is not making his free throws very well. It looks like he's like a blind, you know, nun. A blind nun? Yes. Why not? Why a blind nun and not like a blind plumber? So we're going with the Mario and Luigi thing here? No, my first thought was a nun. For some reason, I don't know. Do you question <laughs> what I say ever? No. You just go with it. I question a lot of what you say, actually. Yeah, I know. But you need to just run with it. But more so, I haven't gotten any compliments about my own voice on this podcast. But the two episodes we've done, I've had people say, you got to get TJ on more. So apparently people like you. I don't know what they see in you but or hear in you, but they like you. So I got you back. I'm so fucking confused right now. Begrudging. Oh, oh there's, the, there's the explicit label. We're 3-0. How far do they get into it this time? Like, how long before uh, it doesn't I say. This has to be four minutes, maybe. I don't know if it's been that long. For those keeping track at home, I've had to do now. Now it will be three explicit labels. And there is one continuing factor in all three of those. And I'll leave that to the imagination. Wait a minute. So no one else who has been a guest on this podcast has cursed or just been excited enough. I think there's been PG-13 curses, but... Okay, see, there we go. I call it colorful language. So right now we're at like a... Right now we have like our Fast and Furious F-bomb. And then I think the other one is like the one that sends it over. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that. All right. Let's get to this. Come on. We have a game. Okay, now to the positivity. So what we thought, you know, so I'm trying different formats right now. You know, I'm doing these post-game shows, but these right here are the real episodes. They're going to start being a little shorter for the most part. Maybe some of them will go longer, but we have a game to watch tonight, so this one won't. But 
trying to do things a little differently. And really, I've been negative for three pod, three post game shows now. And there, there was the Jazz one where it would have been four, but I didn't watch that game because I was out. So I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to just bring a little positivity into the King season. And what better person to do that than TJ? So we thought we'll we're just going to go as long as we can saying the things we like about this season so far. And I'm I don't want to be greedy, so I'm going to let TJ start with the first thing that she believes has made this season. Not made the season good, but the first thing, first positive glimpse she's seen, the diamond in the rough of this season. What do you think? So we're going to go with what everybody generally is grasping onto right now. We're going to go with Holmes. Seriously. Uh, Especially in the last game, uh, him coming off the bench was just this energetic life force that helped the chemistry almost flow properly on the court and that right there is like the first thing that we should probably touch base on oh yeah that and he had he had a couple you know i i won't finish that sentence i almost ended the game right there but (laughs) he yeah the last (laughs) game was amazing he he reminded me of like that montrez harrell role and montrez harrell is one of my favorite players in the nba He's doing everything that Willie Cauley-Stein could do if he cared about basketball. Not saying he doesn't, but he was doing, you know, he's dunking it. He's making the right moves. He's using his skill set to the best of his advantage. And I've loved that. And that's, that's, like, basically what we saw in this last game with him scoring, like, what, was it 24 points? 24, yeah, yeah, 24 and 13 or something like that. Yeah, it, it was just... It, he, I mean, you could see, like, Twitter come alive when he came onto the court. And you could see the team come alive with that. And it's the chemistry that we've been lacking, you know, for the first couple games. And so he, seeing him come on and do that was just, it was a breath of fresh air, finally, for the first time in those few games. I'm trying to pull up her name here, but while we're on... While we're on the Rashawn Holmes front, we have to plug Dr. Lydesia Holmes on Twitter, at Dr. Lydesia, at D-R-L-Y-D-E-C-I-A. That is his mother, and she is delightful. We live in a world where the negative sports parents get all of the attention, and she's just delightful. She took Rashawn's game, and she used it to prop up Dwayne Dedman and try to give him like a little motivation going forward. And I just love to see that. Yeah, you really don't really see that many positive parents. You see, you see them get pissed off. Yeah. I mean, I think, isn't it, it Bagley's dad who usually goes off on a tangent yeah, on, and, different, on Twitter and on Instagram, I believe? I don't know if I've paid attention to him on Twitter. I've, I've no, mainly noticed on Instagram, but yeah. Dr. Lydesia is delightful. We need more of that. We do. That would be actually just a pleasant thought. Yeah, you know. Well, it's the Positivity Podcast. Of course it's pleasant. Is there anything else we've missed on the Rashawn Holmes front? Uh, No, just move on to the next. 
Oh, well, I'll leave it with one thing is we don't need him to do 24 and 13 every night. What we need is that energy yeah. more than anything. I mean, that yeah. 24 and 13 was awesome, but we just need the energy. If he can do yeah. that and give us 13 and 7, that's still great for us. And it could be I less. Think... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, that was all I had to say. Oh, I was going to say, I, I'm really curious to how he, uh, uh, about how he is in the locker room as opposed to that mentality and bringing it out onto the court because that usually, the locker room mentality and the chemistry flowing in there means a lot when they come onto the court. So I'm actually really curious to know how he is in that atmosphere when it comes to being a leader in the locker room kind of thing. I'm very curious to know how he acts. And when, when I thought of last game that's interesting and that you see it in some regards, I don't know how often you've seen it year to year, is his head coach last year, which I don't know what his relationship was, but Igor, whatever his last name is, was his head coach last year, and he's an assistant coach this year with his new team. I thought that was an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but... Demoted? Like, what the fuck do you have to do to be demoted into that and not, like, get fired, but just be like, oh, okay, we're pushing you down kind of thing? And now this podcast is rated R, by the way. It got the second death bomb. Okay, you should expect at least 36. Come on. It's a safe bet. I, I rate every episode, but... Yeah, we'll try to keep this rolling the next 15 times around. Oh, fuck. All right. Continue. <laughs> it's your turn now. This is a rabbit trail, but I th- I want to say Turan Lou right now is the first coach I remember winning a championship and still becoming an assistant again. Oh, good point. <laughs> I, I don't know if I – I mean, very few coaches actually in the last 30 years have won rings. If you look at it, there's probably, I think there's been like seven or something. But, yeah, I don't remember any of them. Well, I know the ones that I can think of never became assistants. I'm sure sometime it's happened before, but I don't even, don't even know where you'd look up that stat. But I thought that was interesting the other night. Yeah, but, uh, like, considering what actually went on there, I mean, are you surprised that he was moved down that way? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh really? am I? Yeah, oh, I thought. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I would. Oh, you're trying to get me to be negative, but there are coaches mm-hmm. who probably have gotten jobs since then, perhaps locally, who didn't deserve a second job before Tyron Lou. I don't think Tyron Lou is a perfect coach by any stretch of the imagination. I also don't know. I think LeBron's this weird crossroads of he's such a good player that he can make bad coaches look good, but he can also make good coaches good become coach underrated because you just don't yeah. know. And that's, that, that also makes me wonder like what was going on behind the scenes that we didn't see. And because yeah. there was a lot of shit going on behind the scenes that we couldn't see, especially when it came to those two. So it actually does not surprise me that he was demoted in that sense. Yeah, I believe he's. I, yeah, I believe he's been Doc Rivers' assistant before too. I believe he came from uh, Boston before you went to Cleveland. I actually yeah. remember this. 
But yeah, I guess I suppose it's time for me to give my first positive for the season. My first positive is De'Aaron Fox's three-point shooting. Last I looked earlier today, he was at 38%, I believe, and Buddy Heald was at 37%, which there's two ways to go about that, but actually 38% for De'Aaron Fox is a plus. I'd love for him to get it up to 40, but he's being more fearless with his three-point shooting. And that's a net positive for the Kings. I don't think it's a mistake that last game he was shooting so well, and it was our best game of the season. God. This. How do I? Okay, I'm trying to be positive. Hold on. <laughs> it's going to take me a second. But, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I, I do believe that – didn't we – uh, mentioned that in one of our articles with Seth Conrose. I can't remember who it was. Um, so it was we'll say it was me. Like, oh, okay, it was you who was commenting on uh, his three-point shooting thus far in the season, which is good. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. To stay on the positive route. I've said it earlier in the season to double down on positivity that I think De'Aaron Fox is one of the players who should actually shoot uh, mid-range jumpers too because he's so quick and so quick to shoot that if he can get the mid-range shot going he's impossible to guard yeah no i agree with you there i definitely agree with you and i think a lot of people would too as well overall we've we've seen struggles from other players and those will happen i i'm sure that the struggles will go away eventually especially with buddy and bogey but if darren is hitting on top of those and Buddy Heald's got a night like he had the first night, or Bogey's going off, that's only a positive. Well, yeah, because it brings the momentum, and it, it, it helps the flow on the floor. So, of course, it helps the offense that way. Especially if those two are shooting that way, yes. Are you kidding me? It's yeah, I agree. All, it, it only like helps the flow on the floor. I agree. Do you have anything else to say on this subject? No, no, I'm just thinking about my next one, and I don't, I'm trying to, you're, you, like, are the worst person for doing this, making me do this podcast, by the way. I know, I'm great. Yeah, no, th- thank you, Captain Dick Crunch. Okay, let's see. Um, oh, okay, um, Luke Walton's halftime speeches only come at halftime. They're not in the beginning of the game, and that's a positive for me because obviously yeah. we're seeing what comes out after halftime. Oh, yeah, I, I see where you're going. Yeah, that I'm very thankful that whatever it is that he says is only at that point and not in the beginning of the game. So that's a positive. So what you're implying on this front is that if Luke Walton decided to maybe just not say anything at halftime either, maybe the Kings would do better. I don't think this is a uh, negative, by the way. I think it's just, know, you know, it, it it's of, silence therapy. The way you are wording it kind of sounded a little negative, and I wasn't trying to go there. Nah, it's I'm like... Saying, I am just thrilled that whatever it is, what like it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he thinks Whatever he's saying at halftime is, you know, it's a it's a positive when in fact it's like Samuel L. Jackson giving a speech in Deep Blue Sea. 
Ah, yes. Really? I understood that reference. I'm not going to explain it, but I understood it. And start giving homework. If you haven't seen Deep Blue Sea, watch it. Watch, um, yeah, just YouTube. If you don't understand the reference, YouTube Deep Blue Sea Samuel L. Jackson. That, I guarantee you it will be the first scene. That is what I'm picturing him doing at halftime. When, but whatever he's saying to the boys before the game is working. I mean, they started out slow coming out of the gate with Phoenix, but like during the Portland game, uh, they they were strong. So whatever he's doing there is okay. So it's that's okay. second positive. Shut up. That's my second positive. Okay. Well, mine is. I don't know if you're following Warriors news tonight, but Willie Cauley Stein is making his premiere for the Warriors next game. I forget if that's tonight or tomorrow. I think that's a positive. Good for him. You know, he left the Kings and now he's on it. he's on to greener pastures. And <laughs> you know, it's probably a mutually beneficial departure. And I wish him well. I oh my god. You're such an anal swab for this. Um, if history I, tells us anything, if history tells us anything, Willie Cauley Stein will probably have like 25 and 12 his first game. And I don't know what he'll do the next few games after. We'll we'll let them decide, but no, if history I tells us something. Okay, you think that he's going to have a first good game, so you honestly don't know what will happen the next few games following that? No, we'll, we'll just have to I'm let curious. people decide. I'm curious. Uh, just, you know, he's coming back from injury, so it's hard to predict. You know, there could be, hey, maybe he'll have a 0-0 zero and zero game, but maybe his intangibles were there. All those Willie Cauley Stein intangibles that we grew to love. Oh, yes. Do you have any further? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen at the beginning of Willie Cauley Stein's tenure? Because they're... Their interior defense is struggling, so I'm curious specifically on that. What you think he'll have on the what kind of impact he'll have on the Warriors? So, I mean, honestly, can he do that much more damage? Is what's going on right now? Damage. Damn that seems negative. No, no, that was a negative. That wasn't. It oh, was okay. I wasn't making a statement. I was actually asking you. Oh, you were asked. That wasn't a rhetorical yes, question. That was a question. No, it wasn't a rhetorical question. I was actually asking you. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I I've only seen a couple minutes, so I'll leave it to you. You're the expert. Uh, no, I'm not the expert because I've only seen a couple minutes, and I've seen highlights, and I I I really want to lose the game right now. But you know, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. Steph Curry clearly is over the hill, so this is Willie Cauley Stein's season to uh, really step up. What kills me is that you know you. I mean, come on, we're in the same Twitter circles, and you are going to be crucified for saying that about Curry. Because I mean, obviously, that's floating around the internet at this point right now. But I, I, I don't see it as a positive or a negative. It's just you know, no, there's a hill, no, and he's over it. Okay, placing the game aside at this point, I haven't you been ripped apart already on Twitter, on NBA Twitter especially, 
They're saying that Curry is over the hill at this point. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of people who have been martyred for their beliefs, so. Oh. Really? Yeah, what's really? his face from the Crucible who had the rocks piled on him? I see myself as that. I, I kind of hope you get incurable rectal life in the middle of a... More weight is all I'm saying. That More weight. not... Oh, God. Okay, fine. Okay, we're moving on. We're going to mine. Every yeah. time someone criticizes it, that's another rock on me. Man, Crucible references, Deep Blue Sea, this one's going places. Okay, can I you, believe you're can next. Can you climb off the cross for just a second? Just a tiny little second. All right, fine. Right. All right, your next positive. Oh, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, you know what? Despite what certain people are saying, the crowd apparently is loud at the Golden One Center during home games. I haven't been to a game yet, so that's what I've heard. I it was one of the arguments that we that everyone was having on the first home game that the Golden One Center crowd was not behind the team, that they weren't as loud or as boisterous as before. I'm not going to say who said that, but it was a certain, you know, commentator. Yeah, they, And from what I understand going on inside the Golden One Center, it was very loud and boisterous and energetic, and the fans, as usual, were behind the team. Would you say they were taking the crowd noise for granted? Yeah, we could put it that way. Take it for granted. Yeah. I I think they have a wonderful, nice crowd. And, you know, occasionally stuff happens in a game where you don't have to be cheering. So. Exactly. So that people, is one of mine. Yeah, people have cheered loudly for far worse things than the Kings. So maybe the best thing to do is to be quiet. I don't know. I actually don't think they were quiet. I think they were actually pretty oh, dangerous. That that some people just have hearing issues or didn't put their hearing aid in that night. I don't know. Maybe. On that note, my, my next positive is about the arena. I got to go to a food event at the, the arena last week and try okay, lots of delicious bad. food. And I got to try all the new food offerings at the arena. Uh, the chicken biscuit sandwich, which I believe they call it was their signature item for the year. It's beautiful. You should try it. I don't know how much it costs. But there are some vegan nachos. This is a positive, too. I've made fun of vegan food, especially vegan cheeses and vegan meats and all that in the past just because they never taste as good as people say they are do. But those vegan nachos were good. So if you guys make yeah, it to the yeah. game, I don't know if they have them at okay. Mavericks games. but uh, This is Texas. We deep fried butter. Okay, but what is uh, what are the ingredients in those? Actually, I'm curious about that. I, th- I don't know. I, I will have to pull up the quote I got from the chef. This was for non-Sacktown royalty duties. But, yeah, he said it was from there. It was meat from a certain company. Um, the Kings do – I think they call it the 9150 initiative. They try to get everything from around the arena. So it was from a company. It's supposed to be a beef substitute. I know nothing about the cheese. I wish I would have asked, but I didn't. But – yeah, they were good. On top of that, just while I'm listing foods, if you haven't gone to the game, Philly cheesesteak was good. They got some ta- tachos, I guess you call them, 
that were good. Fish tacos, draw right, and it's sweets, which I'm still not positive if they're available on the concourse or just to people, ironically, in sweets. But yeah, good food there. Uh, I do believe you forgot to try what was it? The churro donuts? Is that a negative thought? No, it's not. I was just pointing out something that you. I'm sure it's delicious. Told our circle of friends recently that you forgot to try a certain thing that we were all anxious for you to try. I believe it was the churro donuts. I'm. I'm sure I had like a moon pie type thing they made that was good. But honestly, I went towards savory because I'm more of a savory tooth than a sweet tooth. But I'm sure the churro, the churro donut or whatever it was is great. I posted a thread of pictures of all these last week that you can see if you scroll back like 900 pages on my Twitter. They did. They actually look extremely delicious. Yeah. I'm not lying. The, the chicken, this isn't me playing the game. The chicken biscuit was awesome the chicken sandwich was great too i think i just like a chicken biscuit sandwich but it was great um i typically go towards lowbrow on pretty much every game which they have mini corn dogs which are good i don't think i mentioned that but i think i'll have to cheat on them and go to the chicken biscuit place which i'm not positive i forget the name off the top of my head but if you ask me later i will find it yeah, yeah I mean, on Twitter, not on where, where are they serving these at? What what places in the Golden One Center are they serving? That, I I need to get back. I will post it on Twitter if anyone asks me. But I forget the exact name of it. Uh, I want to say it started with this P, but it wasn't Perry Gary's. It could be the one in the upper concourse that used to do the chicken donut sandwich. Or still does. I don't know if they still do or not. But if I had to guess, I would say there. But I would guess it would be in the lower concourse too. So we will see. There's also a carnival-themed place there that oh. looked good. It has, like, specialty popcorns. That actually sounds delicious. Yeah. I now, what, there was one other thing. I forget what it was. That might be where the churro donut was. I'm not positive, though. I'm not positive about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, uh, was that a negative? No. I mean positive as in I'm not absolutely sure. I think it'd be more negative if I lied and pretend I did know that. I don't know. Saying it's not positive sounds like a negative to me. I don't know. Semantic. Well, well, since you're such an expert, give us your next positive. Bagley is only out four to six weeks. It could be worse. It could be. It could be way worse. He could be out like the whole season. He could be out half the season. He could be out, you know, eight weeks. As opposed to four to six. You had a little green eggs and ham run going there. It could be out four weeks. It could be out nine. It could yeah. be in a cave. It could be on a vine. I don't know. You, you are a fuckwad part. That's what you are. That's not negative. That could be perceived as a positive when I call you names. Because our friendship is so tight. Yep. Anyways, yeah. Bag. Hopefully Bagley comes back. Sooner rather than later, and we really yeah. could use him on this. Um, and I'll go straight to my positive there, is that it appears Harry Giles is on the verge of being back. He's questionable yeah. for the Charlotte game, so if he plays tonight, I don't know that yet. But Giles, I really do believe Giles can fill some of the voids. I think Deadman fits best next to Bagley. 
So I think in this yeah. current carnation, it's not terrible if Giles gets more minutes than Deadman. No, I agree with you there. Uh, him coming back, especially energizing the entire team, like, holy fuck, that's what I'm prepared for, and that's what I want to see so bad. They've uh, already, we've already seen some practice video of him on the practice court, um, working out with them and um, shooting, what, five on five, I think it was, well, a couple days ago when they were yeah, seeing him. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. On the practice court. And it, it, uh, it actually fills you with some kind of hope that we have for this season. It's like, especially coming out of these four games and going into this. If he's playing tonight, which I, I don't know either. I haven't been monitoring Twitter. I'd I'm be weird here. if you knew what he did tonight and I didn't. That'd be weird. Uh, why would it be weird? I actually literally cover the uh, NBA team like professionally. <laughs> I don't. Though it's not this team. And I know it's. <laughs> if, you, if your second favorite team, the Mavericks, be positive about that. Yeah. No, no my, I'm positive. My second favorite team is the Kings, and my first favorite is the Hawks. Oh, my God. You really need to get away from your fucking... What? What? Yeah. What do I need to get away from? I know. Was that negative? It wasn't negative. It was... It was it was beautiful. It was <laughs> incredible. I hate you. I've already lost this fucking game. You already know how I am. <laughs> TJ did not like this idea when I presented it. No, not in the least. I tried to get out of it. So I was gonna give us a lightning round at the end, but honestly, I don't have any more positives. I was just gonna wing it. <laughs> um. So wait, wait. here, I I think we got a couple minutes here before I have to. Okay. Before I, before I have to let the. Okay, what was positive. that? That leak pass is only one minute behind live for me. Ooh. Yes, it could be worse. It could be one and a half or two minutes. I am thrilled about that. And yeah, I don't have leak pass this year. Time. I kind of want it because there's teams I want to watch, and the NBA thinks that we only have four teams each fan wants to watch nationally. Yeah. And there's teams I actually want to watch that look fun. And some of the f- teams we're going to see 19 times don't even look that fun this year, in my okay. humble opinion. Well, I, I have to have it because I live in, you know, paradise yeah. land with freaking tumbleweeds and shit. It really isn't. Dallas is a gorgeous cosmopolitan city, and I'm being positive about that. That's good. That's good. I went to the airport once when I was 11, and I never left the airport. So that's my Dallas story. Wait, so you're like Tom Hanks in that one movie? Yeah, like Terminal. So you're still there right now? You never left? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I've been on Starbucks Wi-Fi, and people are wondering what I'm talking about. I will never go visit you. Okay. Well, you know, I, there's been a few people who have had unpleasant visits to Dallas. I read a Stephen King book about it once. Uh, I thought, but I thought they in that Stephen King book that they like prevented it from actually going down. If I can remember properly. Yeah, but things happen that. after that make them wonder if they should have. <laughs> it's true. Anyways, yeah, positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Did we really just say what? What? 
I'm just baffled that we bring up some of certain Dallas history that probably isn't the wisest thing to bring up or to be laughing about right now. But I'm anyway, not laughing at it. I am, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think it says more about you than me. It is very it is. No, I, as someone who my go-to reaction for inappropriate stuff or uncomfortable stuff is giggling and laughter, it's terrible. So, uh, uh, you don't even know how many times that I have been slapped in the knee for um, giggling at funerals. So, and what? that's horrible. You and bare naked ladies have that in common because they're the kind of guys who laugh at a funeral. Yeah. Can't understand what I mean. You soon uh, will. God damn it. <laughs> bare naked ladies. Damn beautiful. I honestly don't have another positive. So. On that note, how about just a couple of negatives on the season, if you can think of any? Oh, the fact that uh, we don't know. I have another positive. I have not lit my uh, entire face on fire after watching, especially that last game. That's a positive. Now we can go to negative. Oh, that's good. You, I think you beat me five three on positives. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know it was a competition, but I think I You were the one who said it was a competition. You were the one who was saying that it was a game. Don't give me that. Yeah, it is. And you won. It's like, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> All right, negatives, go. Um, I'm not too pleased with the coaching thus far, specifically yeah. with regards to rotations and everything. Yeah, I mean, you'll see, I mean, it's common with Lakers Twitter that when we hired Walton, that that was the main thing that was coming up. They were laughing about us saying, haha, you know, now you have to deal with his rotations. And that was a little bit disconcerting, a lot more than usual. Um, and then now going into the season, or no, it makes you want to launch yourself off a cliff and into an empty pool. Yes, yeah, like Trevor Reza's minutes, particularly, I do not understand right now. Because I honestly, I didn't think he could possibly have the same problem with the Kings given their roster makeup, but I was wrong. It's impressive, honestly. There's well, a yeah, but, but, How impressive but, it is that he's so bad at rotations. But he actually did not do bad in the last game. I, like, I, I saw like 23 was... minutes, and Ariza yeah. was good for like the first two of those. Yes, watching it, it was actually really surprising. It hurt some of us to actually tweet out that he was doing a good job. And for those we three minutes before the final 20 he played. <laughs> but it, it actually did not look bad. Yeah. But yeah, no. oh, I agree with you. That's, that's just a fuckwad of absolute bullshit when it comes to Walton's coaching in that sense. So, and I, uh, that was my negative. Do you have another negative? And then we will cue the band. Do I have another negative? Yeah, this entire fucking season, I'm about ready to bleach my eyeballs. Yeah, that's my negative at this point. If you want me to go into specifics, I won't. 
Because I want to bleach you, my eyeballs. You know, if you bleach your eyeballs, the future really will be bright. I hate you so hard. Says my I'm laughing at myself right now. <laughs> I know you are. I'm so horrible. Just keep my fucking band. <laughs> Anyways. I had one more negative. What was it? My negative was oh, Buddy and Bogey shooting. I touched on it on a positive light earlier, but Buddy and Bogey need to get their shots up. Buddy is averaging fourteen a game right now. He needs to be averaging like twenty three a game. Now it's four seasons in. Averages don't mean that much, but he's been bad the last two games. He's probably been bad for about six of the eight quarters we've played. Oh God, that's it's just what is going on there in that sense, like. I don't know if it's just like he had some distractions before the season and that got to him or it just could be a shooter's slump. You know, he's allowed to slump. If he's great tonight, I could see him. He did sort of come out of it at the end there. Um, He even hit that three that may or may not should have have should have counted, which gives which sort of I don't think that was a bad call, actually. But I do want to give a special shout out to how terrible the refs are this year. They are oh. awful. How did we not even touch base on this before? It's bad. Like, seriously. Like, what kind of blindfolds are they putting on them? It's just so fucking horrible. That 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 was warranted for an F-bomb right there. Oh, it was like 97, so. That's I think the people who are offended by it have long tuned out. Mm. We're basically talking about bleaching eyeballs. My God. Yeah. No, the refs, the refs, that call, there were two calls that I just think were unforgivable and should have had, like, public, like, this was wrong from the NBA. And it was when um, De'Aaron Fox was pummeled by, I forget who the player was, and I think it was an intentional foul even, so he wouldn't get the layup. And they didn't call that. And then, to me, even if it was a little less frustrating, that Buddy Heald call at the end where he was called for a foul even though he hadn't fouled yet and probably didn't foul and the guy traveled is everything wrong with referees. They need to call what they see, not what they think they're going to see, not what they want, whatever. They need to call what they see. And plays like that are why people think they pick and choose when to call the foul or not because they need to go by their eyes. They clearly don't. And you know what? Unfortunately, Kings fans are used to horrible refs who make horrible decisions which cost games. You know that. And and on that note, I'm going to cue the band, the lovely Sackdown Royalty Band. Don't they sound extra good today? Wait, what did you say? The Sackdown Royalty Band. I'm cueing them up. Oh, God. Isn't this an inside joke or something? Yeah, it's the one you've fallen for before. Yeah, I know, and I'm going to fall for it again. <laughs> when, I say, when I say I don't have the music playing now and I add it in post-production, that bit, you just fall, you're, you've fallen for it two out of three times now. Congratulations. Oh, okay. Thank you. I didn't <laughs> fall for it once, and I'm going to hold on to that. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Where can they find you? Where can they find your work and all that? <sighs> So, Sacktown Royalty, I do things randomly every six months. And then uh, Mavs SI for, I 
cover the mask is Sports Illustrated, and you can see my tweets at pocket underscore siren on Twitter. Not Nefarious Siren. Back up and for No, okay. Do we really got to bring that my last... Okay. This is yeah. Anyways, you can find me at, at the real Brad G. I haven't written anything recently. I'll have a I'll have a write up for this podcast probably tonight, so you can read that. It'd be weird if you went back and read just me explaining what we talk about. But hey, there's comments there. You can leave comments. Find me at, at the real Brad G. Um, give me ideas for the podcast. I will be recording in a couple hours. This will be the past to you, but I will be recording Sackdown Royalty After Dark, which I'm now doing video of. And I believe tonight I'm going to try the thing where you can chime in. I know this is all past for the first time, but you can all chime in via video, and that's fun. So we'll try that out. Let me know what you want on the show. Um, Please like, rate, and review. That helps out. And I will be heard by you next time. Bye.